Overseas uh, web news website, blah, 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 Daily Mail. The letter between Pope Pius XII, who served as Pope during World War II, and a German Jesuit, hello, Jesuit, reveals Pius knew of the atrocities committed by the Nazis during the Holocaust. I'm shocked. Not. Are you kidding me? The Catholic Church was so involved with ferrying or helping to escape Nazi war criminals to other countries safely to find safe haven. In fact, Werner von Braun, the guy from NASA that was so instrumental in our, you know, rocket program and so forth, 
where was he from? Oh, yeah. He was a Nazi. He was helping to develop their latest technology, which was the rocket, you know, to fire a rocket off. That was, uh, what the heck, the buzz bombs. They called them in London, buzz bombs. Apparently they made it sound like, you know, a buzz and bee or whatever. But the point is, he was a Nazi war criminal, and he wasn't the only one that got safe passage to our country. Truth be told, he was told after the Russians launched Sputnik, they pretty much let him know in no uncertain terms, if anything even close to that happens again, you're going back to Germany, and you're going to face war crimes through the Nuremberg trial system. But anyway, <coughs> you know, <laughs> again, I'm not surprised. I know quite a lot about that cult. And I unfortunately know quite a lot of family members of my own that are not, not, I repeat, not in, you know, our Lord's heaven because they believed in and worshiped according to what the Catholic Church told them. It's sad, and I'm, I'm sad, you know, about it. But anyways, I'm not going to let that stop us. We're on with the show, folks. Welcome to the show. Let's talk. I'm your host, Mike. I'm multitasking, which I shouldn't do. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire. Hey, man, <laughs> we're doing all we can to put the thing out, but... <laughs> It's burning quite well because it's been burning for such a long time. That's part of what we're up against spiritually in this world, is this battle between our spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the spirit of the world has been going on since God created Adam and Eve. So, <laughs> yeah, long, long time. And you know what? That's why we really need to make sure that we're not only born-again believers, bona fide, but that we know how to and when to suit up with the whole armor of God. You should probably wear it all the time anyways, because you never know what side the devil's going to come from. But either way, so, you know, and that's how you know, and that's how we're able to withstand his continuous onslaughts. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know as far as my life is concerned, hey, man, been more than once I've had to get down and dirty with that that old rascally devil, as they call him. And, you know, it, it's just going to continue that way. It's not going to stop. It's not going to go away. So we have to be able to, yeah, that's right. we got to be able to do battle. Let's do battle, baby. Today's show, coming to a location near you. Kind of sounds like a movie, right? You know, hey, coming to a location near you or an opening of a new store. Thing is, this ain't this isn't the kind of movie you want to go see. But unfortunately, we're all players in it. We're all a bunch of actors and actresses and of one degree and type and size and ranking and all that other good stuff. So, we're in it whether we like it or not, folks. So, I guess it's not necessarily coming to a location near you. It's already here. You know the little girl from Poltergeist? They're here. That was one wicked, scary movie. My mother went to see the movie Exorcist. I'll never forget this. And the, really, the only reason I remember it like I do is because apparently the green goop that the girl threw up, Linda Blair, reminded her so much of pea soup 
that my mother from that moment on would never make pea soup again. And I'll tell you something, it was our loss. Because mom made a bomb of a pea soup. <sighs> Anyways, finally told her years later, I says, Ma, you got to get over that. Do me a favor, make some pea soup. <laughs> so she did. She did. I don't know if her heart was in it or not, but she she did. She made it. So this is where we're at. You know, you know that if you've been a listener to this show long enough, you know exactly where I'm coming from and why. I've also explained that many times. So there should be no surprises there. And quite honestly, there really should be no surprise with what we see going on and why, because the scriptures tell us that. They emphatically, over and over again, tell us exactly what's going to come down the pike. And it tells us also exactly why. It's for the same reason this is not going to feel good for all you people who are anti-Semitic, which I hope there are none of you, but either way, the same reason we're being judged the way we are now is for the same reason that Israel was judged in its day of the different kingdoms and kings and so forth because of their disobedience, because of their non-belief. And there's no other reason. God doesn't give a litany of reasons why. He gives one reason, your disbelief and or your disobedience, you know, and following after other gods. That's the problem with certain churches, especially the one I mentioned in the beginning. Other gods. That's exactly what those are, folks. Those are other gods. Because there is nowhere, any place, anyhow, whether it's in the New International Version, King James Version, whether it's in the Greek or the Hebrew or even the Latin, no place throughout Scripture is there an alternative to the Lord our God, the creator of all things, the God of the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of King David, King Solomon, all the prophets, and let's not forget, drumroll please, most importantly, the father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. So there should be no other gods, period. No trinkets, no charms, no nothing, no astrology, none of that. No, 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 no. Am I clear? <laughs> Am I clear? Anyway, didn't go to church yesterday. I know, I know. So ask me, what did I do instead of go to church? You know what? I don't remember. I had to go get my grandson. Oh, geez, how could I forget that? <laughs> Ain't I terrible? Had to go pick up my grandson. So I didn't get to go, but I'm sure it was a great service, even if I wasn't there, because I'm not the main event. And um, anyways, he went up to uh, spend a weekend with his mom. Um, and that'll continue as long as he misbehaves in school, quite plainly, you know, quite honestly. Uh, when he finally pulls his head out and breathes some fresh air in school, then guess what? You can go live with your mom. Because the thing is, where he's going to school now, they're more tolerant, you know, than they would be in an inner city school district. So that's that. Big long story. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Moving along. And the angels. 
which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. That's in the book Jude, first chapter, six verse. So Jude is talking about the same thing that Peter talks about in the angels that kept not their first estate or, you know, forfeited their their place in the in 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 their first estate, which was eternally already in the heavens with our Lord, had some pretty important business or uh, responsibilities, and they decided they didn't want to stick with that program. They wanted to sin against God. Even angels can. They have free will, folks. Free will. That right there, my friends, is the biggest argument against anybody trying to say, well, I was coerced into doing it or something like that. No, God doesn't coerce people. He may send some pretty strong reminders. He may send some pretty blunt, I told you so's. Now look what you got, you know, kind of thing. But he's not going to, you know, he doesn't want a bunch of little, you know, rascally little robots going, oh, yes, Lord, we love you. Would you want that? I wouldn't. I want my wife or, you know, to love me for who who I am to her, you know, what I mean to her and everything, not because she's being forced to. Besides, my wife is the kind of woman she would not be forced. So there's that. <laughs> anyway, and that's exactly how the Lord works. He wants us to love him because we know and understand the truth of the matter of things. And when you do understand those things, the truth and so forth, you are very more likely, very much more likely to uh, humble yourself and praise and worship the Lord because that's when you really know what a sad state of affairs we're in. Anyways, just a little dusting here on my desk. UFO investigator. Now, yeah, I know we've talked about this quite a lot, but again, this was kind of a, a really out of nowheres. This uh, UFO investigator, he stunned onlookers. He went to the uh, Mexican authorities, like their Congress, and presented them photographs and the actual item of an alien uh, you know, remains that are probably, give or take, about a thousand years old. Now, I understand we live, obviously, in a day of great deception and, and, and so forth and disobedience and all that. And the powers that be, the principalities and so forth, are really, really, really coming on strong, trying to defeat as many... Uh, uh, you know, people that they can to, uh, to uh, dissuade them from crying out to the Lord for, you know, salvation and mercy and so forth and forgiveness. But this is, um, and if this is a deception and only that, that's fine, all right? Because I believe Jesus, when he described the last days, and in the description of the last days in the Gospels, you can find it, he says that these days at the end would be like the days of Noah. Another instance he gives, too, is the days of Lot. Now, if you know anything about Noah, 
I think you probably know more about him, at least the basic story, than you would Lot, you know, knowing the flood and so forth. But Lot was also not so much dealing with the giants and whatnot that were uh, around during Noah's day, but Lot dealt with the other part of Noah's day, which was the rampant sin. Huge, 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 huge. So this is where we're at. So in a way, I believe every word out of Mexico when it comes to this, yep, it's either the real deal or it's a deception, but either way, it's on the news, and we really got to start paying attention. Probably won't be too much longer now, not because of that story or anything, but it probably just because it just seems to me with this sudden rush on our country's part, because other countries have already foot the bills, if you might say, as far as the revelation of these beings being real. Um, I, I don't think it's too much longer. I really don't. I really don't. So anyways, going to move along. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Tuesday, I guess apparently launched a real deal impeachment inquiry. Biden's son is already under indictment. All right, and the chips just continue to fall. Apparently, there is some real serious information, bona fide, about Biden's role in all this. This is not good for them. <laughs> you know, this is not good for them. And of course, you know, there's all kinds of other news stories and other events that are occurring to try to deter you from thinking about the Bidens and the troubles they're in and keep you focused on Trump. Get off it. That's that's that news is so old. Yeah, gone. See ya. All right. Biden during his time as the vice president did not only the things they're blaming Trump for, but so much more and absolutely benefited financially. It, it's you know, listen, if the GOP can't pull this off, then this is going to make Biden, uh, well, electable. Because the people will see him as a victim, and that's just how they'll play it. You see? And people, believe it or not, have a real short memory for, you know, the truth. You know, so I think in the end, if Biden is impeached successfully, do they take that as a win, both Democrat and Republican? And what I mean by that is, if they can get rid of Biden in that manner, they don't have to worry about, you know, who's going to run in 24. Because right now they're in a quandrum, right? They're, you know, Biden's hell and determined he's going to run and he's going to be the winner, blah, blah, blah. And so what do they do? They don't, they know that he can't do this again. They can't get him through another term at not even close. If he even makes it to 24, you know what I'm saying? So it would actually be a win for both sides, you see? And it's not going to be Kamala Harris. They're not going to put her up there. So it's already, you know, I'm sure been decided, to be honest with you, behind the scenes, as they always do. But we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Let's look at Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah 4, and I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. 
remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Nehemiah chapter 4. That's very similar to what General uh, Armistead said. Or no. Okay, give me a second. I'm not going to try to get his name. <laughs> uh, said at the Battle of Gettysburg. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses, your homes. And of course, General Pickett added the, for Virginia, because we are old Virginia. Well, we are the old guard. We are the old Christian, conservative, patriotic Americans. And damn straight, we remember the Lord, who is great and terrible and mighty in his, in his works and in his deeds. And we will fight for our brethren and for our sons and for our daughters, our wives, and our houses. Makes perfect sense to me. If you're going to fight for something, fight for the Lord. Absolutely. Jesus said if you die doing that, like, you know, martyr, I guess that's the Muslims like to do, but I, I hate to disappoint them. The 72 virgins that they're being promised in the afterlife, see, they didn't know Muhammad was gay. Drum roll, a little bit of symbol moving right along. I hope you got that and I don't have to go back over it. But either way, Jesus says you die for that cause. Well, <laughs> boy, do you get a crown, right? So it's up to you. Saudi Arabia, here's a, another story that I'll go over time and again uh, when need be. I won't just keep saying the same thing over and over again, although it may seem that way. The details are in the pudding. Saudi Arabia has let the Biden administration know that resolving the Palestinian two-state solution is critical and of necessity for any Abram Accords normalization deal with Israel. Here's the other shoe that just dropped and all cards are on the table, folks. 52 straight up. This is the true meaning and purpose behind the Abram Accords uh, covenant, which was signed back in 2020. Remember me telling you, I mentioned it at closer to that date, I mentioned it several times over several shows at least, that, again, the details in the pudding. So it opens up trade and everything else with the Arab world, you know, this Abram Accords that Israel signed on to and these other countries. But I also learned, because initially the uh, release, the press release and so forth of the Accords, the agreement didn't mention any of this. And I thought, geez, that's kind of strange because that's such a big deal. And <clears throat> what I'm talking about is the two-state solution, as they call it. They want Israel to go back to the 1967 borders, the way they were in 67 before the war, that they fought then, which broadened their borders, and Israel was defending itself against its arch enemy, its arch nemesis, the Arabs, who surround them by the bazillions. And so, anyways, here's the thing. <laughs> it's not anybody's land to take. God owns it. And if God wants to give it to somebody, he'll do it. And he did. He gave it to Abraham and to his seed, to his descendants. Okay, now, the interesting part of that statement is this. 
okay, we all know the Judeo-Christian, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, the 12 tribes, and so forth. Abraham also had uh, Ishmael, all right? And Jacob actually, or not Jacob, Jacob had a twin brother, Esau. They are the other Arab peoples, or the Arab peoples, all right? Only those who were born of Abraham's seed with Sarah, his wife, only they are given the land. The others have promise of great riches and so forth and whatnot and, you know, many numbers population-wise and so forth and so on, but it's also plainly stated that they're going to be hated and despised by not only their fellow, fellow brethren, but by the world. So this is where we're at. And Saudi Arabia is now telling the Biden regime, and they'll have no trouble with this because Biden's anti-Semitic, um, that either Israel comes to the conclusion that it's going to be a two-state thing or, yeah, yeah, okay? This is the price. This is the price tag for that whole agreement is nothing short of nothing less than the creation of a Palestinian state made from the land of Israel. And is it going to happen, really? <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, it is, 100% guaranteed. If you believe the Bible, hang on a second, drink of water. They will, in fact, try to divide the land. Oh, yeah. Yep. The, these accords are now and have always been what you could refer to as, say, like the hook in the jaw to lure in Israel to a very wrong relationship with their stated enemies. That's the hard part of being a believer, and I'm sure especially for the Jews in this case, because they're so directly tied to Bible prophecy the way they are, that, you know, you want to get along with your neighbors and you want to stop the bloodshed and the warfare and everything like that, but, you know, there has to come a time where you finally realize, guess what? <laughs> They're out for blood, and it's my blood they want, so <laughs> no agreements. Let's go to Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3. Don't hear much out of him. I don't think I've used him before, but let's see what this says. For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. So it tells us right there, they're going to be scattered. They're going to be parted. Things are going to get real bad for Israel, well, along with the rest of the world. It says in 2 Kings 21.7, in this house and in Jerusalem, not Rome, not Moscow, not New York City or Los Angeles, in Jerusalem, in this house. So the Lord is going to have his house, his, his temple, in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. That's God. When he says forever, it, that's forever. You know, your parents might say they'll punish you forever, but there's always a weak spot. There is no weak spot with God when it comes to sin. 
it you know it's black and white folks so and the king james bible is quite clear in the matter israel is gonna sign the deal it says so it says so all right for seven years they'll make a deal and at the halfway point the one they sign that deal with is going to break the covenant now interestingly muslims can lie in a contract and break it after three and a half years Funny how those numbers all come together, right? So anyways, the Holy Land of Israel is going to be parted, given to biblical Canaanites who call themselves Palestinians, and all the argument as to whose land is it. It's rendered moot and nearly meaningless the very moment you realize that the Bible declares it to be God's land and Jerusalem, his holy city, where he has placed what? Not just his name, but his house. This is where we're heading. All Bible prophecy, mark this, all Bible prophecy ultimately revolves around the land of Israel, Jerusalem, and the Jewish people, which the Bible calls God's peculiar treasure. So the superhighway to the end times <laughs> runs right through Israel, like it or not. And that's how it is. So the sooner you get over any anti-Semitic thoughts or feelings or such nonsense and shenanigans, the better off you'll be in understanding what's happening and why. Let's look at Ephesians 6. This is what Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, he says, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, in the Lord, and in the power of not your might, his might. Here we go. Mark this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we've heard this before, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take to you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. See, it's interesting, too. God's grace and forgiveness is total and complete. So is the armor of God. The whole suit, okay? Like, go to the knights. Go to, like, you know, King Arthur's days, and look how the knights dressed. That's pretty much how they describe the armor of God, exactly like what you see there. Or a Roman soldier, you know, a Roman soldier, either way. Okay? <clears throat> so, I say Roman soldier because... That would have been Paul's reference point, you know, because they were occupied by Rome. So, anyways, it's all available, the whole suit. Not just a helmet, not just a sword, not just one, one part or another. The entire outfit. It's a unit. It works together. Take hold of it. Take hold. Now, here's what's going on with Iran and Israel. Now, Iran, remember... In the book of, I almost said the book of Persia. <laughs> In the book of Daniel, Iran is referred to as its original empire was Persia. So we have Iran in today's news, also known as Persia. Now, the Mossad chief has threatened, Israel Mossad chief, has threatened the highest echelon of Iranian leadership 
and warns warns them based on this growing Russia Iran military alliance. So the head of Israel's Mossad sent a stark warning. I mean, this was serious, okay? He voices concern about this growing military alliance between the Iranians and the Russians. And he, you know, let it be known, we see it as nothing less than a threat to our country, to Israel. So, number one, he stated that since the beginning of this year, the Mossad has broken up no less than 29, 27 Iranian terror plots against Israel and Jews around the world. Number two, he levied what I considered to be a direct threat at the Iran regime, specifically when he called the highest echelon of Iran's leadership. Yeah, that would be like number one. Yeah. And the third thing really is he voiced great concern about a growing military because it's not just a threat to Israel, it's a threat to the region. Now, we're looking at this Iranian regime since Biden's become president, has become more and more bold and more determined in its attempts to take Israel out and take on anybody that tries to stop them. All right? This country, Iran, these people, continue in their pursuit of terror under the cover of proxy teams. So, like what we're doing over there in Ukraine, you know. Well, the Ukrainians are fighting the Russians, not us. Yeah, but every Tom, Dick, and Harry and piece of equipment we own is over there. So there you go. We haven't had to lay our hands, I guess you could say, in our laps and just give a big sigh. And we never will have to. Because we know what the outcome of this whole situation is. We know, we know without a doubt, that the message is loud and clear from Scripture and determined. Make no mistake, my friends, these are the times we're living in. This is what you're seeing come about. Now, it doesn't matter what anybody says, doesn't matter what any other persons or whatever might do. Iran is playing a huge role, and they will continue to do so until the battle of Gog and Magog, all right? That's what Ezekiel called uh, it will happen in the latter days, and that's in Ezekiel 38 through 39. I'd suggest read 36, 37 through about 43. (laughs) Anyways, these guys are at the head of the invasion force, Russia and Iran. So, you know, why would we doubt this, that it is what it is, Right? They don't get far. They meet their demise on the mountains of Israel, so they're going to be defeated. And see, the interesting part of that, and I love this so much, is why? Because God is going to show the world at that moment in in world history that he is not only the sovereign Lord and God, but he is the God of Israel. And he'll vanquish her, her enemies. Now, you know, Biden just sent them, this is what I mean about don't, you know, this is not a good thing. Biden just sent or unfroze $6 billion. Accordingly, for the release of five American citizens which were detained in Iran. And then we let five Iranian citizens go. 
a guarantee of their freaking high high notch, high placed terrorists. I guarantee it. Six billion dollars. Well, here you go. Go ahead and finish making that bomb and launch it. I'm telling you, folks, this this government is no friend of Israel. So don't count on them to step up and help Israel. Don't even. No. In Genesis 12, we're reminded once again, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and he who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's Genesis 12. He's talking to Abraham. So do the Jewish people have a right to the land? Are they reserved by God, I guess you could say? Isaiah 66 says this, Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? This is interesting. Listen to this. That's exactly what happened on May 14, 1948. The nation of Israel was declared, and then the very next morning, five Arab nations attacked her. But in one day, a nation was born. In one day, the earth brought forth. That's amazing. Now, since that time, there's been constant, constant wars and battles being raged against Israel. From the very moment their nation was rebirthed, they've lived in nothing short of a constant state of war. Interesting, we get struck one time, well, twice, counting the Pentagon, and we create all this nonsense. Israel gets attacked every single day. They're surrounded by 350 million Arabs that want them gone. And isn't it neat? (laughs) Neat, okay. Lack of a better word at the moment. But this tiny nation has defied all odds by continuing to exist. That tells you everything right there. Five, five of the neighboring Arab countries attacked her, literally attacked her on May 15, 1948, the day after she was declared a nation state. In Zechariah 12, it says, in that day, so Zechariah, when he uses that term, is talking about the end times, will I make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheaf? And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left. Guess what that's talking about? Israel is going to stomp these Arabs. And they're going to do so with the aid of the Lord God. God gets the glory. Not Israel. God does. We are watching a marvelous, marvelous um, upsurge or an uptick in the level of most probably prophetic events, all right? And we're watching in our time, in our day and age, the words spoken by the prophets and by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are watching all this prophecy, all that it's talked about. And that's exactly what's happened and what continues to happen.
we are without doubt the most blessed and and just grace-filled people in this country i think other than the people of israel in other words in the sense that we stand with israel in our worship and our belief of the of the judeo god you know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth. Okay? We stand with Israel. I hope you do. I hope you do. But we have to also remember, and never, 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 never forget, that in the times that we live, as long as we're still on this earth, as long as the rapture hasn't, you know, and it hasn't happened, so don't let somebody tell you different, then our one job, our main duty, is to evangelize, to speak to the people, to let them know about the gospel, to let them know about the whole thing. People are watching what's happening in the world now, and they all have the same question. Why is this going on? All amongst the hoopla and everything else and all the fluff that they send our way to try to deceive us and misdirect us, the question is always at the bottom of it. It's the same question regardless of what side of the aisle or what religion. Why are these things happening like this when you seriously consider them? Some people don't give it a second thought, and, well, okay, fine. But when you honestly, I guess you could say, try to decipher it, you're at a loss. It just doesn't make sense, seemingly, right? I mean, think about it. Unless this, in fact, is Bible prophecy coming to pass. When you see it in that light, when you understand, understand it on those terms, there can be, there will be no more deception in your heart and your mind or anywise, otherwise. There will be no more, you know, dark moments where you're not sure, you know, because even if the light flickers, which is our own doing, you know, Jesus says he's the light of the world. So guess what? Let it flicker. We have the true light. You understand? There's no need to fear. There's no need to, you know, take onto ourselves the idea or the thought that, you know, we're doomed or something of that nature because we're not. We're not. All right? As bad as it may seem. Hey, look at the apostles. They watched him die. Well, you know, they knew he died on the cross. How much more like, oh my gosh, could it get, right? We're screwed <laughs> kind of thing. How much more, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. How much more so could it get? But then what happens? Yep, that's right. Three days later, bada bing, bada boom. Hello, Jesus, how are you? Yep, lovely to see you again, my friend. You know, so I mean, when push comes to shove, everybody, even in those moments when your faith is rocked, and it will happen, it, it will happen, even when it happens, we have no worries, none, zip, zero, we are God's people, and we will be with him shortly, right? So, why worry about it? Right? You understand? 
It can't be any plainer than that. That as God's people, he will never abandon us. He will never, you know, uh, orphan us. He leave us orphaned. None of that. Let's give him the glory and the praise and the honor that he deserves. How's that? All right, so we had, what we have? We had some Billy Joel to begin with. Yeah. Maybe we'll do some Moody Blues on our next show. How's that? All right, man. Hey, God bless everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, record time. Look at that. I should play two songs. Maybe I will. All right. We'll talk to you all next uh, Wednesday, I guess, coming Wednesday, right? All right. Hump day's coming, and we'll be here waiting for you. Thanks. God bless everybody. Goodbye.